Coming to you from deep inside the vaults of the Holmes Archive of Electronic Music, I am Tom Holmes, your curator and guide to vintage electronic music and audio experimentation. This episode, Music from the Dark, in memory of Harold Budd. I was greatly saddened to hear about the passing on December 8th of composer Harold Budd. He died of COVID-19 and was 84. This show is dedicated to his music. I have selected a collection of works that I hope will fairly sample his huge output as a composer. His music is represented by some 30 albums of material spanning 1970 to 2020. Of these, he partnered with Brian Eno on perhaps four or five in the early days, but these set him on a path to more fully explore his composing and playing further on down the road. Bud's early work in the late 60s and early 1970s was an outcropping of the American avant-garde his work in the late 70s and early 80s established Bud as a foremost ambient composer, though he didn't like that term. The music asked for a new way of listening, invoking a resilient strength that many found soothing or meditative. Record companies weren't so sure. I talked to Bud about this, and he told me, quote, ambient music was a completely obscure and oblique idea. I remember taking that into record companies and them saying, nobody wants to listen to music that doesn't have a beat, doesn't have a melody, doesn't have a singer, doesn't have words. All they could see were all the things it didn't have. Well, it turns out that they were wrong. People's tastes have very much drifted in that direction, and people are very able to handle long pieces of music with or without structures and key chord changes, unquote. Ambient is not a term Bud used much to describe his work, and he strongly disagreed with people who found something meditative or healing about his music. He remarked that the trouble with most new age and meditative music was that it had absolutely, quote, no evil in it, unquote. His music comes from a darker corner of the human psyche. He said, quote, I find that it comes from a rather unpeaceful sort of place. I think an element of danger and a kind of unsettled quality. Unresolved issues. I don't find it meditative at all. Just the opposite. If that were meditation, I for one would give it up immediately." Unquote. The haunting after-images of sound and beautifully engineered works that comprise the plateau of mirror and the pearl were all improvised. For these works, Bud would work things out on the keyboard, and Eno added his treatments, delays, and mutational processes to the music in real time. Bud learned from this and applied many of the same techniques to his own productions later on. In this episode, I have organized Bud's music chronologically from 1970 through 2013, with the exception of the closing track, 
which is a shorter version of As Long As I Can Hold My Breath from 2004 and the album Avalon Sutra. Along the way, we will hear some moments of Bud describing his approach to music or reciting a poem from one of his larger works. And the archive mix will contain yet two more examples of Bud's music played at the same time. An observation, as the years went on, Bud's music became more and more electronic. Style comes the same way that a person's handwriting develops. Uh, it's just that some people are conscious of the, of the look and the hearing, and others uh, aren't. Uh, so style is, is, uh, is a matter of uh, forming a vocabulary. I'm not a properly trained piano player, but as a consequence of that, uh, the way I play the piano is unique. So I'm not in competition with people who play, actually do, do play the piano. They couldn't play the way I play. They couldn't play the music that I play in the same fashion that I could not play the music that they play. Thank you. 
live performance is an aspect of the of the nature of the music but i think that it's real life exists uh, as on, on, on records it is limiting only to the extent that uh, you make compromises when you perform it live so i've taken a very realistic view of this i i tell myself virtually that when I perform live for an audience, that I am doing what I do in private anyway, except that I'm doing it not in private, but the effect is the same. And so it is, uh, it is a way of, um, of making music directly, just like everybody does in their own home or in their own studio, with the addition that there's a very large audience out there listening to you. But if you keep it in your mind that the two activities needn't be different, then um, a very interesting uh, performance can occur. Selling records is something that happens as a matter of as a matter of course. But uh, um, developing one's style is is actually a very simple matter. It is at some point making up your mind to do exactly what you want and um, not, not worrying really whether or not it fits, it fits into anyone's idea about what especially modern music should be.
The advent of arrows foreshadows the dream, the serpent's shaft of tourmaline, the spark of grief for a life unseen, it's the spider's eye of tourmaline, a garland of glances what might have been, the brazen symbols of tourmaline, to stand aloof in a field of dreams, the serpent knows, tourmaline, the spider says I'll mark the seams, but the serpent knows, tourmaline.
I hope you enjoyed this tribute to Harold Budd. For more information about the history of electronic music, please read my book, Electronic and Experimental Music, 6th edition, published by Routledge. The playlist for this episode describes each of the works and lists contributors. And now for the archive mix, in which I play two tracks at the same time to see what happens. I'm going to continue the Harold Budd theme by playing two more tracks by him. The first is Jane 11 from the album Jane 1 through 11. And the second is an excerpt from the long, long version of As Long As I Can Hold My Breath from Avalon Sutra.
All of the music heard on this podcast, unless otherwise indicated, is brought to you from the Holmes Archive of Electronic Music, a curated collection of vintage recordings. All crackles, surface noise, and other imperfections heard in this podcast are purely intentional. All intro, outro, and other incidental music is by Tom Holmes. For a complete playlist, go to theholmesarchive.podbean.com. For notes about this episode, please see my blog, Noise and Notations, at tomholmes.com. So long from deep inside the Holmes Archive of Electronic Music.